Welcome to a football show Thursday edition. Normally, that is Zach Lyons. That is Easton Freeze in for Zach again, dealing with some family stuff. So send him your send him your well wishes. My name is Braden Gall. You can get to me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Of course, Easton, host of the Hot Read podcast. We will get to that particular show coming up. Uh, your producer, who is apparently nine years old, uh, we are gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have a. Well, conversation. I'm only ten, so it's close. Well, this is why we're gonna do. We're gonna have a conversation about said producer and if he is if you need to text him to tell him to get into the comments texting him you might want to do it so (laughs) there's going to be some fun uh, a little bit later on in the show of course we will preview uh, all the big matchup with minnesota coming up how are we going to watch it what positions are we going to watch of course and should the tennessee titans be playing their starters teams across the nfl do this very differently and certainly that's a major topic of discussion going into preseason game number two with the joint practice against minnesota but also because of the injury to Traylon Burks, so we'll get to all of that. It all works together, uh, and uh, we'll we'll do some we'll do some book learning to some young folk on the pod as well. So, all right, uh, Sinker Sinker's Beverages, Kingston Group, of course, our two great local sponsors. Make sure you go to Nashville Scene Best of. Vote for Sinker's for Best Liquor Store in Nashville. They won it last year. They're trying to defend their championship this year. And, of course, they have a mini beer fest coming up on September, uh, the first weekend of college football. I believe it's mm. September 2nd at Bluegrass's Beverages, 50th anniversary. There's going to be like eight to ten breweries out there. They're going to have a bunch of food trucks, TVs to watch college football. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, they got all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, so it's going to be, again, it's going to be a ton of fun. We'll tell you more about tickets uh, and the menu and all that good stuff. You can get all that stuff, um, of course. Uh, I don't I don't think – I think the – the, the beer fest, I think, is free to show up. They've got some other events that okay. you can get tickets for. JT and I aren't old enough for that, yeah. but we'll be there. It sounds like a good time. I, yeah, way. I don't know if you're legally allowed to drink beer. We'll I'm just sure. hang out. Yeah, we'll I'm get a sure. water. Sure. I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we, we shall see. Uh, okay. But any producer any producer worth their salt will be there. So, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I hope that's what this is about because uh, he's a moron. <laughs> uh, so we'll get to we'll get to that in a, in a little bit later on in the show. So uh, D. Good, of course. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about Zach not being on the show. I like Easton, but the threat of a, of a what the fuck are almost none. Say, say, can you, are you allowed, do you feel comfortable? Is it against your religion to say what the fuck? Can you do it? No, not at all. It's just the brand of our show. But if, I mean, I can lean this into the brand of this show. I will, I will fucking lean into the brand of this there show. We I go. do not care. <laughs> there yeah. we go. I like it. Uh, I like it. See, that, look, D-Good, we are making chicken salad out of chicken shit. Okay. That's right. Just, that's, that's right. That's what we're getting to today on the pot. Okay. Uh, Tennessee Titans, Traylon Burks, they're up in Minnesota. Wednesday happens. The, the video happens. It, it takes place. By the way, reporters not allowed to take the video. But, of course, fans can take the video of what happens. He catches a long pass. One of the What I was told is one of only two like big pass plays of the entire session. One was a blown t- coverage. wasn't even a really a, a great yes. pass. You know? And, and I, I do want to get your thoughts generally on, on one and a half practices. They are actually ongoing right now. I think the... Number one takeaway for me is that Minnesota is much better than Chicago. (laughs) That's my my number one takeaway. Um, But only a couple of good plays. The offensive line got pushed around. But more importantly, Traylon Burks catches this long, deep pass. He's got a ton of momentum. You see it all the time on a deep route where, like, you've stumbled to catch the ball, but you're trying to keep yourself upright. And so, therefore, your legs kind of get ahead of you. And sometimes, like, honestly, when I saw the video, I was like hyperextension. Like, that's what it looked like to me, too. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Classic looks like a hyperextension. Turns out, of course, uh, Ian Rappaport, who I'm assuming, and for those who don't know, got his information from Rand Carthon. <laughs> I'm just yeah. gonna put that. I'm just gonna put that out there. Good, it's good uh, man. 
good good buddy uh Rand Carthon and Ian Rappaport. Rappaport, of course, puts out the Traylon Burks LCL sprain and will only miss potentially a couple of weeks. Um, so just this team has avoided this for most of the preseason. They have been relatively healthy, other than a couple of you know, guys that probably are not top 53. Um, and and the news is not huge nationally. It, it doesn't make huge headway, headlines nationally. It certainly matters to fantasy football players. But I, I could not think of a bigger injury. <laughs> Other than Ryan Tannehill, I'm not sure I can think of a bigger injury to have taken place at this stage of camp than Traylon Burks. And I, it's not good news, but it's not the worst news either. No, it certainly is uh, a big sigh of relief. And I know based on the recent history of this team, a lot of Titans fans were assuming the worst for about two or three hours there. It, like you said, it looked like a hyperextension on the, the video, which wasn't the highest quality, but it at least existed unlike what you'd get at Titans camp. It turns out with the LCL injury, it, it sounds like it is essentially straining your LCL is a hyperextension, but instead of in... It's sideways with your knee. And so that that tendon on the outside of your knee gets strained and he'll miss, it sounds like, a, a matter of weeks. Sounds like he could be potentially ready to go week one. If not, a couple of weeks into the season is probably more realistic. But it's it's not a he's going to miss half the year kind of thing. Certainly not a miss the whole year kind of thing. And I'm with you in terms of name value that I, I can't think of a bigger injury to happen this time of year. Um, I, I mean, I would argue if, you know, Derek Henry tours ACL, that'd be a pretty big deal for this team and would make fans equally, if not more upset. But I would say in terms of value to the team, maybe value to the team success. And I imagine you probably agree with me on this. It would be losing one of their starting linemen just because of the supply and demand issue there. You lose trail and burn yeah. sucks for sure. But DeAndre Hopkins still exists, and Kyle Phillips still exists, and Chris Moore still exists, and and Chica Conquo still exists. If you lose Andre Dillard, you are you're fucked. You're done. Like you, that's nice. You're, you're in. Yeah, there you go. You're in serious hot water. Um, and so I, I'm with you that he is one of probably five names where if he had gone down for the year, it would have put a serious damper on this team uh, and the fan base. I, I think what's interesting, and I I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying, but I think. There are very few players that have elite upside. Like Dillard is an important piece at an important position. I, I think we kind of, I think he kind of is what he is. I mean, certainly there's a chance that he's not that. Sure. Um, in a bad way. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a huge chance that he like just massively overachieves his contract. I think he's either going to hit, he's either going to hit his contract and, and, and be just the guy that plays left tackle for the short term. Again, it's basically a one year deal. Uh, but I think when you talk about development, stage of their career, who has the potential to become a star. There's very few names on this team that have that kind of elite level. Again, that's mm. the reason he was picked in the that's top fair. 20. Yeah. He has the most, like a guy who could turn into a player who could take over a game. There's not many people other than Traylon Burks on the team. And yes, Derek Henry is critical. I get it. I think Tannehill's number one, of course, but we kind of remove him from the equation because it's, that goes without saying the other names on that list, like Kevin Byard, I think would be pretty critical. I, I you know, I don't know sure. if it, like Jeffrey Simmons tears an ACL, maybe this team is done. And maybe that's the one I should put ahead of Traylon Burks. That that's probably fair too, but they, they've developed guys in the defensive line. They figured out how to run the ball without Derrick Henry just two years ago on a very good football team. So I, that's, the, that's my reaction is like, which one would depress the fans the most? 
And outside of maybe Tannehill, losing Traylon Burks for an extended period of time would just shut down all the offensive momentum that I think fans have, if that, if that makes sense. Because he does have sure. elite level. He has elite level upside, in my opinion. No, I, I completely agree. And I think that if it, it's a matter of upside, yes, that there are very few. It, it, maybe he's the number one guy on this team in that regard, where there is a chance that this season is a tremendous breakout for him. He has that potential to impact a team like a true wide receiver one does. Yeah, right. Um, and so that would have been a significant loss if they, if they lost him for the season and it looks like they haven't now they're, yeah. they've lost him for some valuable reps, which I know you, you think is something that may, may be a, a detriment to his season more so than fans are um, taking into account. You were talking about that before we started. Do you, do you think that him missing the rest of the preseason and training camp is going to be a big deal? I, I think it matters a lot to him. Okay. Uh, I, I think it does. Now, we can discuss, and we will discuss this in a second, about reps in a preseason game. Right. I think I think missing practice time against Minnesota today matters to Traylon Burks. Does it define his career? Of course not. Of course not. Let's not go crazy. But I think a player who is on a path that he's on, the trajectory that he's on, the, the stage of his career that he's at, he needs good on good reps. And yes, you get that in 18 weeks of the regular season. And yes, that's what he's what matters the most. I get it. But for a player like him who has elite upside and has playmaking ability and has all this talent and ha and didn't get enough experience last year, again, it's all contextualized. That is, he is one of the only pieces, and we'll get to this in a second, that I would say needs to play some reps in the preseason. Um, and again, I know teams do this differently across the league. So we'll 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 get to that in just a second. I I and and who we want to see now in in place of him, but I think missing practice next week against Bill Belichick defenses is of critical importance to Traylon Burks's development. It's it's not the end of the season, it's not the end of the year, it's not the end of the the world, his career, whatever. I'm just saying, sure. I think I think Minnesota's got some pretty good DBs. Belichick's a pretty damn good defensive coach. I think Traylon Burks is one of the guys that would have benefited the most from that work this week and next week. Yeah, no, I can't disagree with you on that. I think that it's uh. It's unfortunate, and like you said, it's really. I don't think it's going to. I don't think the next four or five weeks of practice, or three or four at this point, are going to ultimately, you know, really impact the the. Assuming he gets healthy and, and is right. back for the rest of the season, which is a big assumption, I don't think it's going to impact too greatly what he's able to do. But in terms of making that leap, missing these couple weeks of joint practices is pretty vital. I think you're right. I I do find it funny though, like because I. I agree. I try not to overreact to like, oh, you missed a couple practices. But at the end of the day, like, why do you have practice? If it's not important and coaches don't believe in it and coaches don't think it works, it doesn't help you get better. It doesn't help you understand your offense or build rapport with your quarterback or manipulate coverages in a better way. Like, I, I'm just using the receiver position at right. that point. But like, it, we, we can't sit here and be like, oh, why would they no, spend almost has, two months of their off season <laughs> doing it? It has, it, has right. no, it has no impact at all. He'll be totally fine. And then be like, but, but why do coaches who make millions of dollars then have practice at all? Like, well, that's we, a perfect transition into the doing? conversation that we wanted to have next, right? The idea that, and this is something that I saw a lot of people on Titans Twitter yesterday. Really, it, it was some serious cope from them with, with Traylon Burks. It was they're, a scary scared. time. It's scary time, and it's it's one of those things where it's 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 convenient timing that they're saying it now. Like it's it's very much a reactionary take. But this idea that you know why should and I saw it from a number of people. Not I'm not I'm not ducking naming somebody. I saw it from multiple people. Why should stars do anything 
in the preseason? Why should they do anything in training camp? Why, why should they run full speed? Why should they run go routes? Why should they, you know, really be a participant at all when they could risk getting hurt? Mm. And it's part of a larger conversation around the preseason and the actual games, you know, should starters play when, where, why, and how much you, you see teams like Kansas city where every preseason game, they have their starters, including Patrick Mahomes roll out there for something a quarter, a drive, whatever it may be. Yeah. And then you have on the other end of the spectrum, teams like the Rams, who for the past couple of years have been famous for wrapping all of their players in bubble wrap and unpackaging them on week one. Yeah. Uh, Super Bowl is off, boys, says Stoney Keeley. Of course, yes, that would that's the kind of overreaction we're looking for. Of mm-hmm. course, yes. Let's get into who are the Titans you should... drafting in 2024. Today's conversation. <laughs> who which uh, which Illinois defensive lineman do you like, Stoney? Um, so we're going to get into how to how to manage your stars, reps, preseason reps. We'll get into that here in just a second. But I want to tell everybody, of course, about Sinker's Beverages and the Kingston Group. The Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Make sure you check them out. Locally owned and operated for over a decade. Award-winning, nose-to-tail operation. They will take your home from wherever it is today to wherever it is you want it to be all in one place. One building, one group of people. They've got the, they got an in-house design team. They're called a firm. Who calls himself a firm? If, if, if you're, you know, firms you have are, to be are better. serious business if yeah. you're a firm. Yeah, I'm an LLC. No one takes me seriously. Like firms, no, no, no. firms are that firms are where it's at. Uh, buildkgofcourse.com is the website. So just talk to the Kingston Group before you make any big decisions about your house. We do have some cool news coming about the Sinkers Beverages uh, Beer Fest coming up at Bluegrass in Hendersonville. There's going to be some cool stuff happening with with us and this show and and some other shows and potentially that that event up there. So make sure you check that out. Bluegrass on September 2nd, first weekend of college football. Uh, also, make sure you check out the one here in East, which is Sinkers, of course. Uh, and make sure you check out Uber Eats and search Sinkers and deliver the booze Easton directly to your house. They drive so you can drink. There you go. Well done, sir. Good job. You know what you're doing. Uh, so Company there you go. Sinkers, Sinkers Beverages, Kingston Group. We love you guys. Uh, please, everyone who's listening, go support them. And just remember the names in case you need any help with your house, Kingston Group. Okay. Should the Stars play? You just mentioned the sort of different approaches from across the NFL. Kansas City plays their guys. LA Rams don't. Uh, I think it's honestly, I'll start with my my own take is it's, it's a player by player situation. Yes. Correct. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry. I might put Kevin Byard and DeAndre Hopkins. Let's just say. Those four guys, I don't think they need preseason reps. You think I, Jeffrey Simmons needs preseason reps? Okay, maybe I should have put Jeffrey uh, okay, Simmons. Yeah, I say list. include him, and then I agree with you. Yeah, okay, yeah. so that the the names that are established, especially veterans mm-hmm. that are established that have been in the league a long time that yeah, know I don't how think to prepare. Watry needs reps either. While I'm thinking about it, that's that's probably fair too. He Danico fits that Watry. that mold. Established veteran players, right? Yeah. All right. So Stoney says no stars should ever, under any circumstances, for any reason, do anything ever. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I think in a straight jacket in a padded room from April <laughs> until September. You're that's not even the, allowed to work way. out. Not even allowed to work out. No, no, no. Uh, Derek Henry Mental is going to tear an AC, going to tear an ACL running up a hill. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think the the people who are like 27, 28 plus who have been they're on their second contract. They know how to prepare their bodies. They are professionals. Like those are the ones that I'm not as worried about. Right. Now I want to ask a couple of questions about a few because I think the young guys like Traylon Burks, mm. who have certainly last year after not getting a lot of regular season reps and and had all the camp stuff that we talked about, mini camp stuff mm-hmm. with the asthma and everything. Like he's a guy that benefits, in my opinion, significantly from a series, maybe two series. I still don't think you play him a lot. I am curious about a couple of names that I want to throw out you, throw out okay. at you, because 
I, like Elijah Molden is a name that I, I know he played with the starting ones last week against Chicago. Molden is a guy that I would want to see out there because of the injury last year and because he's still kind of relatively young, but Harold Landry is the interesting one to me. Mm. Like land, you already have an inherent sort of reaction to the knee injury and you're going, Oh, okay. That, like that you're, you sort of like tense up a little bit. You pucker up a little bit when you think about sure. Landry playing, but isn't that a guy because he hasn't had contact in like 20, almost what, when's the last time he had actual contact on a football field? Just over 12 months. More than that, right? Because he, 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 he never he didn't practice. He it was on his first day of practice. Like he didn't was even it the very first day. I think it was like the day before or the day. Okay, after. well we can say in in game live action for sure it's been eighteen 20, months. Eighteen months, yeah, yeah, even more maybe. So like the the point is is I think a lot of months having Harold Landry play a series might not be the worst idea because of his particular the context of his situation. What do you think of Harold Landry? Well, you're right that it sounds like a terrible idea on the surface. Um, <laughs> it sounds like the worst decision you could possibly make. But you're you're right that when you think about it for a moment, it does the, the logic of getting him some reps. I, I do think it'd be foolish to like run him out there and because because there is there is this damned if you do, damned if you don't approach to an injury like an ACL when you come back. You are. I've never seen a player come back from an ACL. Maybe maybe Adrian Peterson when he raised Adrian Justin Peterson Harris. is the only. Yeah, he's but, a but superhuman. This, Besides him, and he is the exception to the rule, I've never seen a player come back from an ACL injury and not have at least a couple weeks, a month, where you can tell by the way that they're playing, they don't trust that leg yet. Like, it's it's it, it's probably a mental thing most of the time. Like, they don't let them go back out there. The doctors don't until physically they're probably ready to go. But mentally, there, there's that hurdle you have to get over of trusting, and that's why you get a lot of compensation injuries, right? You're afraid to put the full brunt of the workload on that, on that tendon, on that knee. And so you do eventually have to like, you, you've got to pay your dues with that injury and, and get up to speed. So you could argue that maybe playing as much preseason as humanly possible to get those reps out of the way would be wise. But on the Men other side of the coin, which is equally, if not hurdles. more, yeah, if not more reasonable is you are risking doing, first of all, going full speed a lot earlier than, you know, Every every bit of time that passes since the injury is is a higher likelihood of of no re injury or um or, or uh, an injury due to compensation, right? Well, hey, so hey, waiting as long as possible is good. What yeah, let me, let me. Well, I was gonna let me put a timeline in there so everybody understands. Like, okay, because the knees structurally at like six months are one hundred percent fully healed. You okay. you can you can begin running at four months. Gen okay. Generally generally speaking, three to four months is when you begin you're running, you're jogging and you're running. Are you putting to your point? Are you putting extreme pressure on cutting left and right, right on the outside? Of it? No, yep. but you can, you're structurally, your knee actually gets fixed relatively quickly. There's just okay. sort of building, building back the ligaments, building back the strength you got to. And then to your point, you get to that nine to 12 month window and then it starts to become mental, which is what you're talking about. Now there's also guys that we've seen on this team that came back less it was less than a year bud dupree less than a year robert woods less than a year yep. this will be over a year mm -hmm. and so i think there is a difference between those guys that came back in like 10 months and needed three or four games to kind of get back to their their themselves and a guy who's going to be at 13 months by the time camp starts like right now oh, if he totally. played against if he played against minnesota he would almost be at like 12 and a half almost 13 months you are physically ready to go at that point well, yeah, you think back to when Bud Dupree, in, in that instance you mentioned, is playing for the Titans, 
I believe he tore his ACL in late October, early November of that season. And then in the following season for the Titans was ready to go by the beginning of the year, but it wasn't until around October, November where you started to see him look himself again. So you're right that with Harold Landry, we are already, we're at that full year point. And and his DC Shane Shane Bowen has said a, a couple of different occasions at camp that you, you look at the guy out there at, in practice, at least, and you wouldn't be able to tell that, that right. he's had a significant injury of any kind and is, is coming back from not playing for a year. And so I, I do think that there's an element there with this this specific case with him where I agree, maybe letting him play a rep or two is not the end of the world. But I, I would have no problem with just let's just, you know, let's he's a, he's a. He's a player we play, we paid to be an elite player. Sure, sure. Let's let him be elite when we get to the regular season. Well, and then, and then again, let's also be very important. Let's let's make sure we understand. Like, is it third and eleven? Okay, let's get him out there and have him come off the edge as a pass rusher. Are you more likely to get injured stopping somebody on the uh, you know holding the edge on first and ten against the run? You know, putting a lot of pressure on that knee to hold your ground, or you know, do injuries happen more often when you're out in space with a tackle on a pass rush? Like these are the things that I'm assuming the analytics side of things is doing for the Titans with this particular player. Uh, I, I think and we can kind of bounce around the, the starting lineup here if you want to, because I do think there are other players that I, anybody who's on their first contract and has not been a full-time starter, I think benefits from being out there. I, you know, anybody who's a free agent who is new, I think benefits from being out there. Maybe not necessarily the old guys. Like yeah. Like covered. Yeah, well, I think I mean, frankly, the offensive line is a different subject altogether. I think okay, the offensive okay. line needs to. I think the offensive line needs to play two, okay. if not three, series. Sure. Okay. Because they played one full one last time. Yeah, so I I, think... I, oh, you mean on the totality of the? Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. So then it, it comes down to my question is the rhythm within the offense because okay. it is new, because you have new position coaches, because you have new weapons. Like the the argument for Tannehill, not Henry. There's nothing Henry needs to do. <laughs> the The argument for Tannehill, and again, he's getting tons of reps in practice, so maybe this is a stupid argument, but the argument for Tannehill is, all right, live fire with new weapons in a new offense, and now you don't even have Burks. So mm. I, I, I think I think there's an argument for Tannehill to play some. I, I also understand. I still the concern. say a series or two. I don't. I don't think that there's yeah. any real. I don't. I don't see any real benefit to playing more than a couple of series. I think that the 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 potential cost far outweighs the benefit after you get a couple of reps in the actual game, especially with with this offensive line. You, yeah. you certainly don't put him out there behind anybody but the starting five, and even the starting five raise concern. I don't know. Don't you want him to get ready for that heat? <laughs> no, I want him to endure as little of that heat as possible. I want to because I don't think I don't think any amount of preseason repping that heat right. is going to change the amount of heat he was like it's inevitable the amount of heat he's facing in the regular season okay so there's right. no point in subjecting him to any further that is unnecessary in my well, opinion so then i guess what we're saying is and again this goes back to practice being valuable because it's practice and coaches want to practice and practice as i teach my six and five year old is how you get good at something practice, practice like you play um i i guess what we're saying then is the val- and I, I've said this for a long time. I think the value of the, the this is why Vrabel has done this so often. The value of the the cross training practices with other with another team, that that to me truly is where you get the best work. Um, sure, you can't be hit. You're wearing the red jersey. You know the quarterback can't be touched. But if you're trying to ramp up speed and, and sort of simulate the game, I do think that practice is very very good. It's still not as good as a preseason game. 
but it's still very, very, very good. I think the other, and this is something we don't, we don't mention a lot. A preseason game is filled with how many guys are on the roster? Cause the cutdown date is not for a couple of weeks. We're still you, at 90. You have 180 players on the field for both teams, give or take roughly not at the same time. That'd be illegal. Um, but, but you have two, you have a hundred and 180 guys out there of which, of which like 85 are out of a job, mm-hmm. which means they are going to do everything in their power to try to win a job, Sure, which could, which could lead to a guy flailing around the edge or a late hit or diving at somebody's knees when they're not supposed to, when you are putting in effort to win your career, I think, I think that's the there's a risk an inherent risk there in preseason games that i think you want to avoid at all costs so yeah no, it, 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 it's it's very different as well this year because it is I, it, I don't think we did this last year i think this is the first year where they're not doing the step down cuts right so you're not going from 90 to 85 to 80 was last year the first i year? think last year was the first year okay but okay neither okay, here nor there yeah either way it, it is different today than it was in the recent history where you have less and less guys and by the third preseason game you're much yeah. closer to the actual starting roster than you are with, again, still not. It's kind of wild that you go from 90 to 53. That's a lot of dudes out of a job. And yeah. I, I'd imagine there's some desperation there. So I'm with you. When bigger scout teams, 16 guys, like there's all kinds of stuff that's beneficial. Also, scout team players, if you're on the team for the entire year, you make a pretty good living. In, yeah, in a, you make like, you make like $150,000 or something. Yeah, the, the, first, the first two, two guys, the first two year guys, I think, are, are $12,000 a week. Yeah. And then if you're a veteran, it's $15,000 a week, which is better than the job I've ever had. So. <laughs> yeah. People, sometimes people ask me, they're like, you know, football, what do practice squad guys do on the side? I go, nothing. They make plenty of money. Like, they're, yeah, they do fine. They do fine. They, uh, they are upper what, class citizens still. Well, they're just not quadrillionaires. Right. And what's funny is like, we, we have this joke all the time, you know, the, the, like the, the guy conversation, like, oh, how much would it take for you to get hit in the face by Mike Tyson? And I'm, you right. know, it's like, pro- it, I always tell people it's a lot less than you think. Everyone's like a billion dollars. I'm like, no, you do it for five grand. Shut up. Like you would do it for five grand. <laughs> Today, but, Mike Tyson. That's the question. But old, be, old man Tyson, I'm in. But man, be, take one punch, go to the get a get one concussion for like 10 grand. Every one of you listening would do it. I'm sorry. You'd all do it. Sure. You pay off a car with one punch to the face. Come on. We're all going to do it. Sure. Um, I think everybody's number for all of those types of guy conversations is way lower than anyone realizes. Yeah. But asking me to be a scout team football player at the NFL level, that, that is not that is a tough physically demanding job that's not a one-off activity so, yeah that's no. a that's a grind all year no glory just just work. getting yeah just getting popped uh old man tyson is still an absolute savage yes d good i, I think he could still he is i'm out. just more confident old man tyson wouldn't actually send me into a coma and then my grave than young man tyson take 98 tyson and with a boxing glove i'm not talking about bare knuckle here like with a boxing okay. glove i bet I'm you still you would concerned do <laughs> i mean well, <laughs> I'm not saying we wouldn't need medical attention immediately. We all okay. would, but yeah. but to pay off your like kids education or you know to buy your car outright or what you know whatever, pay off your student loans with one punch to the face. I don't know. I think I wouldn't is. do it for five grand, but would I do it for you know fifty? I think, I think I'm starting to really consider it. It certainly doesn't have you don't have to get near six six figures for me to start considering it. I'm gonna give you five thousand dollars to let me punch you in the face. Would you do it? Like you? Sure. Yeah. I'm a, you know, I'm a world, I'm a world champion boxer, right? I'm world, right. I got the, I got the belt right there. I'm not even kidding. It's right there. All right, Stoney. Okay. Now I cannot punch like Mike Tyson, but you're telling me, I am I bet you, you take a hit from Mike Tyson for less than, I think you're all talk right now. Maybe I'm way over like between, between the punch of an average person and Mike Tyson, because no. I feel like he'd kill me. 
He would not kill you. You just have a concussion. That's all. You'd be knocked okay. out. You'd be knocked out for sure. <laughs> Listen, I'm very CTE conscious. I don't want my brain turned into soup. All right. I'm, I'm just, I'm so brilliant. I got to be protective of this. Fair enough. Here. Fair enough. Okay. So I hope JT's still hanging around. Your producer on Hot Read Podcast. Check yeah, it out. He was earlier. He better still be. I, I want to. Talking about so I, I've got a, 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 a bone to pick, which I hope he's heard before. Okay. Uh, a bone to pick with you. And I'm going to read off some phrases. Hmm. That have been used for centuries. Literally, yes. Centuries. And I want to know if you, Easton Freeze, have heard of these phrases. Okay. Because one of them on here, and I'll start with this one. Should we, My, hang on, should we preface why this conversation nope. is being had? Okay. Nope. All right. Go listen to the Hot Read Podcast. There you go. Bingo. He, the last young. episode, Wednesday's episode, if you don't know what's going on, that's where you yeah. know. First five minutes, you'll yes. figure it out. And part of the reason I this triggered me, I'm very triggered right now. Okay. Part of the reason this triggered me is because as I am getting older, I just have heard more phrases for longer and I start to say things around young people and young people look at me like I'm crazy and I'm like, no, you're the fucking crazy one. Yes. So, so my, my wife didn't know this one when we started dating and, and got married. Uh, we've been together almost, over 10 years. We've been married for eight. Uh, but I, she would use the phrase crocodile tears incorrectly. All the, uh, how all would the time. she use it? Have you, so do you know what it is? Have you heard the phrase? Yes. Crocodile I'm tears? familiar with, okay. with the crying okay. crocodile tears. Yeah. So what do you think? It, tell me what you think it means. I take it to mean like, like fake crying for yes. attention. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, yes, you're exactly feel, right. Feel, feel sad for you, right? She, like, she thought it. She thought it meant really, really, really big tears. Um, I love you. <laughs> I love you, honey. The, the size of the water droplet <laughs> yes, yes. down your face is enormous. Yeah. So when one okay. of our daughters, when one of our, when, a, when one of our brand new daughters would start crying, like, like just a massive cry, like a big okay. cry, just where she's just like, her <laughs> and it's like dripping right. down her face. She's like, oh, look at those big crocodile tears. I'm like, honey, I don't think you're using that right. <laughs> so that's that. That's I'm I'm gonna, I'm willing to give that one a pass. All right, have okay. you? Can you? Can you explain what these phrases mean? Okay. Sight sight for sore eyes. A sight for sore eyes is something that you hadn't seen in a long time, and you're so happy to see it. There you go. Do you think JT knows? I would hope so, but I don't know. Okay. I I, fig I figured uh, okay. making chicken salad chicken shit was like the most common I... phrase ever. I, I mean, worth your, it was worth, it was worse. It wasn't just him. It was me and the entire we're on a rec league softball team here in town. Oh, and I'm God. the only person on the team of people roughly our age. They were all looking at me like I was crazy. I thought well, it was worth, losing my mind. Well, and the other one was worth your salt, which JT was like, is that a free? I'm like, yes, extremely, extremely common, common, extremely common phrase. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, aside for sore eyes uh, dates back to the 1700s. OK, bite the hmm. bullet. Do you know what bite the bullet means? Just got to just got to do it. Rip the bandaid off. Right. Okay. I, I knew you're an old soul, so I figured you'd do well at this. Game. I am. But yes, yes, you. you. But again, what it meant was you literally had to bite down on the bullet, much like you see somebody now biting on a stick when they're like doing when surgery. They're sawing back in your leg days. off in World yes. War One. Right. Yes. Yeah. Or in the Civil bite the, War. Bite this right. bullet. So, yes, exactly. That, that's that's what it means. OK, we covered crocodile tears. Cat got your cat got your tongue. Have you heard that one? You just you're just stammering. You're stumbling over your words. You can't speak. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you're good yeah. to go. You think JT knows? I'm asking him. We're doing our show uh, around 4:30 <laughs> today, and I'm going to run all of these by him. Caught red-handed. Yes, of course. You're you're caught in the act. You you you've been you've been, so, your you're hands trying to get are... a cookie out of the cookie jar in the, in the kitchen, yes. and mom flips the light on. You're caught red-handed. Again, 15th century Scotland. When your hands are covered in blood, that's where the phrase came from because you probably <laughs> you killed somebody. The king. Right, like you were yeah. caught. You were caught red-handed. Has JT ever woke up on the wrong side of the bed? Yeah, I, I'd known him long enough to know that many days of the week he wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. Um, whether he knows what that means or not, I'm not sure. I'm curious. Do you have the etymology of that one? Where what what the? 
uh, phrase with, comes from. Like it. why? Like I know, I know it. Yeah, I know it. I know it means that you just like woke up grouchy. Somebody pissed in your Cheerios, kind of thing, I, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I, it, I, I've uh, sources say it was a Roman superstition. So that's pretty okay. Old. If you literally wake up on the wrong side, then you're gonna have a bad day. Okay. I guess that's. I guess that's true. Sure. I guess that means maybe since you probably slept separately from your spouse, that maybe. you like if you rolled all the way across the bed, like that. That's a thousand. Forces. No, it means that they like left you in the middle of the night. Like you just you woke up on the wrong side. Maybe no, I don't know. Easton, you didn't sleep in the same bed back in the day you know what i mean like oh, you know like, oh oh oh, oh i, I, I assume it's because you just rolled like uh, anyway okay uh can't this one was not actually one of my favorite ones because looking up the beginning of it was was fascinating to me uh can't hold a candle yeah you that's know what it means but the origin is interesting yeah i mean jt's knowledge of idioms can't hold a candle to mine right exactly right there there you go would you jump <laughs> do, do you know jump on the grenade easton from, from you're the scapegoat a... you take one for the team right yeah <laughs> yes uh that's exactly correct it's, guys i'm brilliant how many of these in, do you have to do to in, recognize how smart i am for the seven-year-old that i am i will say that one also changed when i was in college there was a different term it meant something different in college um hmm. That's that's neither here nor there. Um, can't hold a candle to is is <laughs> hoisted by your own petard. We'll get to that. Um, can't hold a candle to was apparently like you're you're an apprentice back in like the 1600s, and you were so you were so bad at your job that you literally couldn't even hold the candle. Like for the per, for your person that you were learning from is where that you came would from. literally just drop it or burn the house. Yeah, down you you, they, they you trust you yeah. to hold a candle. Yes, okay, <laughs> exactly. that's funny. Uh, I've got I'll, uh, when in Rome, break the ice, barking up the wrong tree. I know all of those. Rubs the wrong way, bury the hatchet. I don't even know if that's appropriate anymore, but like, yeah, you bury the hatchet. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Put it behind. You have, us. To, you have to run these by. Uh, how about paint sure. the town red? It's water the under the bridge. Yeah, paint the yeah. town red. Now, I I am curious if you have the etymology of that one too. I mean, I just know it means you go out and you have a you have a night on the town. Like, yes, just that gonna... was about. Um, I think it was about running around in um in London or in England. And it was all about like you'd hold, you'd have fireworks and you're throwing fireworks and like, uh, you know, all over the city uh, celebrating. And the light and... is painting the town with the red glow. Yes. Yes. Okay. I guess that's where it comes from. Um, uh, show your true colors. Yep. Uh, put a sock in it. Steal your thunder. Yep. Spill the beans. Yep. Rule of rule of thumb is an interesting one if you've ever seen Boondock Saints. But I just thought I'd throw these out there. The, because... the only one that, I, that you've that has been said that I don't like I've, I've heard but don't know the meaning of is the one from D Good. Uh, I don't even know it's if it's appropriate. Oh, jump what, on the grenade? It? No, the uh, the hoist or no, it wasn't D good. Sorry, it was Jason McDonald hoisted on your own. Yeah, well, he's card. he's he's not uh, doing it uh, appropriately. It's it's oh. your I think it's foisted of your own batard. I think which means you kind of like you 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 ruined it yourself. Like you did oh, okay. it. You 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 did it to yourself. So that's the only one that I've heard before, but okay. didn't know what it meant. So now I can add that to my Rolodex. Here's a couple of them that I want to throw out there again. We'll move on to we'll move on to football okay. here in a second. So this is but, more fun. I like uh, this. There's two that I that drive me nuts, and I'm assuming that you and JT have both heard this before. Okay. But everyone gets it wrong, and it is now sort of accepted to be wrong. Is it word the to the wise? The phrase "chomping at the bit" is no. not correct. It is not the phrase. What is it? Is it chomping for the bit? It's champing at the Champ bit. Oh, champing at the Be bit. Because what a horse does with the mm. bit in his mouth when he is ready to go is he champs on it, which is like very uh, similar to biting and chomping. Yeah. But every Florida Gators writer in the history of newspapers have changed it to chomp, chomp, chomping chomp. at the bit. Sure. Um, but it's champing at the bit. Yes, D. Good. You nailed it. D. Good champing is right. At the bit. I didn't know that one. I got to remember that now. 
The other one that drives me absolutely insane is intensive purposes. Mm. Not a phrase. Intense not. and purposes. Intense and pr- three words. Intense. It's and not purposes. purposes that are that are incredibly <laughs> dialed. <laughs> right. Very it's intensive. Very, it's, it's, these are these purposes are not very intensive. It's not that's not what it is. It's intense. Well, this made and me purposes. think of two that are the same thing. Like when you hear people say word to the wise. The wise, the wise don't need your words. They're wise. It's it's word from the wise is the it's the correct turn of phrase. Is it? It okay. is because why are you why are you trying to give wisdom to the wise? It's a word from the wise to the the stupid. Oh, I'm gonna have to look this up. I'm gonna have to look I, this up. That is what I that is what I have always believed it to be. And then um oh what was the other one I just thought of? Um oh I I I uh I couldn't care less. People saying I couldn't care less or sorry, oh, I, yeah, could, yeah, yeah. I could care no, less. No, because uh, if you could care less, then you would. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> no, People it is word. It is time. word to the wise. Is it word to the yes. wise? Yes. Because well, it's, then it's I'll dumb give you... doesn't make any sense because I've no, always it's... thought that doesn't make any sense. No, look, I am giving you wisdom right now. So it's now a word to the wise. That's what I, I have given you the really? wisdom. Yeah. Here's a word to make you wise is what somebody it is. explained that to me as wrong in the past. And I guess they were the morons all along. Yeah, there you go. OK, I, I just I just. I wanted to point out a bunch of phrases that may sound like I'm old, but like I'm 41. I'm not from the 1700s. We've been using these for hundreds of years. That's so what I told JT. Don't make when fun of me. When they made me think I was going crazy, I looked it up and I found I found the literature. Yes. I was like, this is on the record for hundreds of years beyond me, yes. my friend. They are ignorant. We're not old. That's the difference. Bingo. That's the difference. They are Bingo. ignorant. Ignant. That's what it is. I'm not uh, crazy. You're crazy. Exactly right. Go to Sinker's Beverages and Kingston Group, by the way. And if you want, if this entire segment has made you drink, please Uber Eats, Sinker's Beverages, right to your house. The booze will show up right there to your door. So they drink go. so you can drive. Wait, there, they drive you so you it. can drink. There we yeah, go. There, there you have it. Okay. Uh, position battles, things we want to see. I mean, obviously, I mean, Football, we can get right. the we, we can get the Levis Willis thing out of the way <laughs> uh, right away against Minnesota. We're going to see them both play. They're both. They're gonna play probably about the same amount. I'd like to see maybe a little bit more 50-50 split. I want to see no. more Levis. I felt like we got yeah. a, the Willis show last time a, li- a little bit, especially in the first half. Because if they, well, first of all, let me ask you this: Do you anticipate them doing the whole drive on drive off thing, or do you think they'll go by half? Do you have any idea, any inclination? I, I don't mind. Um, I don't mind the the strategy of like letting it play out. Like one time they put Willis out back in the first half because there was such a quick turnaround on the turnover. Right. That they were like, all right, that was a short drive. We're going to put Willis back out there after the turnover. And then of course he threw the ball through Josh Wiley's, uh, you know, stratosphere. Yep. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I'd like to think that telling a quarterback that he's got some time, like you've got a quarter or you've mm-hmm. got for four. Okay. Hey, hey, you're going to have four drives. You're going to have four drives. You're going to have four drives. You're going to have four. Now, 16, you might not get to 16. Maybe it's closer to 12. So maybe it's three drives, three drives. Like mm-hmm. I, I could see, and this is just the sports psychology guesswork happening here. I could see if I was told I, I'm off the field after this drive every time that I might press to do something different. Yeah. Whereas if I know I've got three straight drives, I might do the responsible thing, take the check down on third and eight or throw the ball away on second and 12. Like you might do something yep. more responsible if you know you've got a little bit longer of a period of time to to kind of show what you've got. So I'd like to see especially Levis in a start. game that does not matter. Like it's right. hard to tell people you have one drive. Don't do anything stupid. But if you do, it's not going to it's not going to. Right. Right. Anything. Right. Um, so I think that I mean, obviously, people are going to be talking about. When the Titans and the Vikings get together, it's going to be about the quarterbacks. It's going to be about Levis and Willis. And let's remind everybody, as we did on Monday, 
that Ryan Tannehill is the starting quarterback and has looked very, very good in camp. And actual is, NFL starting quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Yes, he's that yes. dude. Yeah. Are you going to change the the thing down below? Change that for me, Vikings. Oh, I sure am. Yeah, yeah I got so that. I got so enthralled by our uh, <laughs> our idioms conversation. Very that important I, I that it says previewing. It's very yeah. important that it says previewing Minnesota. That's what we're doing. Um, I, I don't know. Give me give me a couple of positions that I've got a few that I've got written down here. We can start with Burks before we get to our individual favorite ones. But like, what does this mean for the receiving core? Who are you going to see? Who do you want to see? Who do we need to see at that position? Well, it's funny. I, I would have said this, and this is something that I saw people talking about on Twitter today, before we found out that Colton Dowell was not at practice today. I would have said Colton Dowell had an opportunity with Burks not in the rotation for today's joint practice. And then, of course, in the preseason game on Saturday to you know make, state his case. Because we've been talking about him as a guy that's kind of on the outside looking in right now. I think this would be a perfect opportunity for him to to make it clear that he should be that his coaches should be fighting to keep him on this roster one way or another. I don't know why he didn't practice today. From what I've read, there, there's not really in, any injury inclination from yesterday's practice that we saw. Um, I'd imagine that's what it is and not something that's off the field. But either way, if he's not practicing today. That's a big missed opportunity. And if he doesn't play on Saturday, that that might be the final nail in, in the coffin of his chances to make the 53 man roster, to be frank. I also I, I also am curious to see a guy like NWI who's been talked about as, you know, is he fighting for a spot? Is he not? I, I'm mostly curious to see how much they play him this this weekend. We saw in the first game he played, I believe, 20 snaps, which was about in line with guys like Kiaris Jackson and it wasn't um, top Colton, tier. It wasn't top Colton tier. Dowell. It was like, yeah, right. It was like, well, no, Dow right. was number Dow was number one with 29 snaps. Racy okay. McMath, 27, Mason Kinsey, 27, Reggie Roberson, 26. Those were the top four. Okay. And we we talked on Monday. Those could be the four that are battling for the sixth spot, which means exactly they might be battling for five and six now, depending on Burks's timeline. Yes. And that's why with NWI, I'm curious with him getting less snaps than those guys. You, you could you could spin it either way. It could be, you know, well, they're not playing him a ton because they're not, you know, they're not really trying to see whether he should make the roster or not. They're confident he's going to make it. Or it could be like they. You know, you could argue, I suppose they're not playing him a ton because they don't think he's really in that competition. I know not, where you and I stand. That we yeah, think not that, one of those guys is better than NWI. No, I, I we and we agree on this, but I, I I do think it'll be interesting to see. Does he get the same amount of snaps? Do they, do they see more of him because you don't have yeah. Burks and potentially Colton Dowell available for this game? I don't know, but I think it'll be fascinating to see just how much run he gets. Yeah, I agree with you. It is interesting to watch. I think he is just such a safety net for the quarterbacks that you're sort of yes. trying to put up, trying to put a veteran presence who knows what he's doing is going to be in the right spots out there for both quarterbacks who are very young and inexperienced. Uh, D Good says if Burks will miss Week One, how many of the receivers do the Titans keep? I don't think it changes. I think if Still he's six. out, you keep yeah. six. If he's in, you keep six. Yes. I think what it what it amounts to, and you already pointed this out, it is an opportunity mm -hmm. for a couple of players to prove their value, in particular. Colton Dowell and Racy McMath because yes. of their size and ability, which matches a little bit more in line with what Traylon Burks does. And you've already mentioned Dowell. This is about Racy. Racy, dude, three years in the league. Like you're dropping passes. You had a couple of nice plays last week. This might be your last crack yeah. at, at making the Titans roster. And now Burks is out of the way for both games. You got to go show people that you belong in the NFL. And he's got the skills to be the, an NFL player. He's got the athletic ability. He's just got to put it all together. This is his, uh, to me, this is all about racing McMath. Ma go make plays and show people you are better than Dow and deserving of a spot in case Burks is hurt. I like that take. And I don't, I, I don't, 
I think you know my brand really isn't to be reactionary and over the top, but I don't think it's crazy to say that the next three weeks may be the pivot point in Racy McMath's career that determines whether or not yep. he is a perpetual yep. practice squad fringe guy on a team never really making an impact or gets to play a little actual football and, and, and be a part of a team on their active roster out there on Sundays. Like yep. that could be how significant the next three weeks are for him. So I think it's a, a big deal with, with Burke's not available. So I, I don't know who, I mean, Reggie Roberson, I think is in line to maybe get a spot. If Burks is not active in week one, yes. uh, I, I think Mason Kinsey is just your, your, you know, I think he's just sort of a backup at everything he does. He's backup return guy, backup Great slot receiver, ba- just kind of a backup guy and a very dependable yep. practice squad guy. Uh, he's not an NFL starting player, uh, I don't think in any way, shape, or form. So, um, I think I think receiver is the most one of the most interesting second behind the two quarterbacks, even though those are backups. Uh, what about ne- what's next for you? What are you most interested to see position battle wise, groups of players? What is it you're most interested to see after quarterback and receiver? Well, in this game in particular, it's the defensive backs. It's the it's the cornerbacks for me. I'm I'm super jacked to, and, and we don't know exactly what Minnesota's plans are yet for their how how much their top end players will play. But guys like Jordan Addison, I'd imagine, is going to get are going to get some run in this game. I, I don't really know what the the Vikings' mo is with like guys like Justin Jefferson. I'd kind of be surprised if he plays more than a series yeah. or two. Yeah. But if he's out there at all. I would love to see what Christian Fulton like. Put him out there. Let's see it. Let's ro- let's roll it out. He, I mean, he he he's a guy that was talking before they got up to Minnesota about how excited he was to put the clamps on some of these guys, and and I want to see that. Um, and, and then you know, just the, the depth of that position is better than elsewhere on the defense. Doesn't make it good. They, they've got their their starting guys in in McCreary, in Sean Murphy Bunting, in uh, Christian Fulton in Elijah Moore. And, and then it becomes, you know, can we see more from Trey Avery? I think the, the people are rightfully so starting to come around to Trey Avery um, becoming a reliable depth piece on this team at the yep. safety position. Do we see any of Elijah Bolden, if he gets significant play in this game, like you alluded to wanting to see from him, do we see him playing that nickel safety position some more like the Titans seem to want to do this year? Um, do, do we see any, like Mike Brown continue to emerge at that, at that position for some depth? Um, I, I find that pretty fascinating. What position for you is the one you're looking at most? Well, I mean, uh, the offensive line is the most important position group on the, sure. on the field probably. So how long do they play the first five? I think mm-hmm. is going to be really critical and you know, they had one good drive. Okay. That's fine. Let, I want to see maybe two or three drives. And then what do they do with some adversity? Like, what does it look like? I There were a couple of plays where I thought they did well in run blocking. They did well in pass protection. And then there's a couple of moments when you break it down player by player. You're like, oh, that play worked. But Andre Dillard got pushed back into the quarterback or mm-hmm. that play worked. But, you know, so and so didn't do this or so. Like, so I just want to see a little bit more tape of the five of them together. I think that's number one. But I, I think that kind of goes without saying I'm still obsessed with the middle linebacker position. I can't tell if they've got a lot of good options or a lot of okay meh options. (laughs) I I just don't, I don't know because none of these guys have, they all seem good because in a vacuum, they're all the same and we can't tell if they're actually good or not. Right. And no, and nobody has pedigree. So there's not one of these guys that was like a five-star recruit in a first round draft pick. Like they don't have any of those types of players at that position. It's all late round backup guys earn your way into the starting role guys. Mm-hmm. And that's the way Vrabel likes his linebackers, Jan Brown, David Long, fifth round picks. Like they, they like their guys like that. Those gritty, tough kind of, you know, gym rat type of guys. And they got a lot of them. I mean, Aziz Al Shair is one of those guys and we think he's the best, but like what else? Right. Like, I don't think Ben Neiman is a starting player in the NFL. I just, I don't, I don't, 
I haven't no, seen that you. yet. So yeah. I, I'm fascinated by the middle linebacker position. I, I agree with the rotational situational coverages in the secondary is going to be really interesting who goes where and when, because they really kind of do have four starting corners and like two starting safeties, but Molden kind of can function as both. Yep. He, re- he reminds me a lot of a, a less rangy, less explosive Antoine Winfield, frankly, hmm. um, ju- like junior. I, he's, he's short. He's a little undersized, very physical. Winfield can cover more ground, but I think Molden yeah. is going to, I think Molden plays safety for this team long-term. Like if he's going to be in the NFL, I think he's going to be a safety. You think but eventually they may just convert him to a full I, I think he's, I, no matter where he goes, I think he's a safety or he's an, I think like, you're right. Again, if you watch a lot of the game or practice, they're rolling him up into the box, which is again, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, cover some tight ends, take on the run. He's just such a good physical tackler. Like I, I, you know, anyway, I think those six guys watching them rotate and then seeing what's behind them is interesting, but middle linebacker for me, um, I, I think the offensive line as well. And then, I mean, let's like I don't running back's not a particularly important position, but let's see what some of the young guys can do behind uh, Derrick Henry. What I mean, what is Hassan Haskins' future on the team? I don't know. And then the tight end position is wildly up in the air because I don't know if you see Chig play. We didn't mention him earlier as a, a guy that might need some reps, but I think I'd like to see him get some reps because sure. a lot of progress at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Certainly, lots of expectations for him this year. But you got a whole collection of dudes you don't know what to what to do with, whether it's Mac and Raider and Wesco and Wiley. Like some of them are banged up, some of them are healthy, some of them aren't. Like I I don't think you know what you've got in that room right now in terms of you've what got it's gonna look six like. tight ends behind Chig that are all fighting for three, maybe four spots. Like Chig is for sure making the roster. I'd be really surprised if Wiley doesn't make the roster just based on the draft capital, but we've seen them and also catch passes in the the field. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yes. Um, I think Trayvon Wesco is probably making the roster because he's mm-hmm. that glorified lineman role and they're going to yep. want to play a lot of 22 personnel and 12 personnel. But I agree beyond those beyond those guys. Okay, let's say those three are safe, even though the second, and the third guy, I think still are up in the air. Then it's Kevin Rader, Justin Rigg, Thomas Otakoya and Alize Mack. The only one of which that I think is clearly not on the team is, is Justin Rigg. I want to um, see Mac play. I want to see Mac run some routes. No, and I was so high he's on athletic, dude. camp. He's athletic. he's athletic. He for the first two weeks of camp, he was making a play every single day that I was yep. there. Yep. He's a really promising player, but he's he's already dealing with a lot of injury issues. He's not been out there a lot recently. I don't think we saw much, if anything, from him in the preseason game last week. I don't think no. He I don't think he was act I don't think he was active. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. So like if he if he continues to miss for injury i think that he's going to be an easy one to to not yeah. make that yeah. list and they they seem to really and I, mike herndon was on this on this line of of uh thinking earlier this week on twitter thomas otakoya the, the the second year tight end who was their international player slot last year i forget like for the life of me i can't remember where he's from but i know he's an international player you're, you're like serbia or something yeah it's somewhere in europe i i don't know for sure where but um he was their international designation last year and so he was safe on the roster under that designation, they've brought him along and he is in the, in the passing game, not really anything super to write home about. He's, he's a better receiver than guy, a guy like Trayvon Wesco, but he's certainly no Josh Wiley, for example, but in the run game again, in that 12 and 22 personnel set uh, combination that they like to run those, those two different looks in that first preseason game against the bears, he was mauling dudes. I mean, he was really, really fantastic on the line, and it made me think of when we were talking to Chigakonkwa at camp a couple of days ago, if not weeks ago, the time runs together now. Somebody asked him about Thomas Otakoya, and 
and Chig said that he thinks he's the strongest player on the entire team. Oh, wow. he said he's the strongest teammate he's ever had. Ne- Netherlands, so, by the way. Netherlands. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he's, good, he's a nice an ox soccer out there. player. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that he's a guy that, that may sneak onto this team by the end of things when it's all said and done. All right. That's an interesting take. I like that. But I, I do think the tight ends are, you know, the receiving core is interesting pass catchers because no Burks and, I don't know how much you're going to see a Chig. I, I, you know, you got Levis and Willis out there. They're going to be slinging it. They threw the ball, what, like 45 times last game, so. 40 something. Yeah. Um. So, well, they had 31 dropbacks for for Willis, and then I think 15 or 16 dropbacks. So you're talking about almost 50 dropbacks between the two of them. I, I, that's what I think you want to keep seeing, and then you got to find out what you got in receivers. I think maybe a little bit more Kyle Phillips wouldn't wouldn't be a bad idea. Sure. Um. Just to get him a lather a little bit because you're expecting him to be a contributor and give him some reps. So. Uh, otherwise, I think it's. It, hey, it, do we see more Tajay Spears? By the way, do you think we see him in this game? I think what we saw last week is the right amount. Actually, I, th- okay, I think another drive. I, I think if he's clearly your number two, I think you give him the football, and they force fed him on that drive. So it's mm-hmm. like if you're going to give him a drive, give him the football. Sure. Let him be the main driving force. See what he's got. Let him feel good about his NFL debut, and then move on. I I don't think you need. No, I, you don't, I don't think it. you I'm need eight, you. 10 carries for Tajay Spears. I think you just give him, give him his four or five touches and then move on and see what you got with, with the next guys. Cause I know that people are very high on Jonathan Ward, but he didn't get a lot of, he's been banged up. So he's hurt now. Yeah. Right. I think so, that the, the, that position becomes interesting now with what, like, because the conversation before last week's preseason game where Ward gets hurt, we we're talking about, okay, it's Henry and it's Spears. They're locked in, but then it's three guys fighting for two spots. Maybe they keep all five. Maybe one spot, right? I think it's I think more it's likely they spot. keep three than it is they keep five. Yes. Um, so th- one or two spots, Ward, Haskins, Chestnut, who's it going to be? And now you've got a situation where, okay, maybe Ward, I think Ward, if you pulled every Titans fan and media member, Ward was probably the leader in the clubhouse of those three to make the roster. He's hurt now, which so complicates is, things. So and you've had this guy. Right. You've added Jacques Patrick, or I don't even know how to say his name. This this new yeah, that's guy. A pretty, that's a pretty substantial contract, isn't it? It is. We have not, we have not mentioned him. We probably should have mentioned him earlier. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a multi-year contract, and he's coming off of, I think he played in the XFL this spring. Um, I, I, I haven't myself personally dug deep into his NFL track record, um, but I know that they gave him, the, the money that they gave him and the contract length that they gave him indicates that they want him around, and it, it's strange to me that they've now got three guys back there plus Ward who's injured. Does does his arrival indicate they think Ward may not be an impact for this team after all because of his injury? Is he yeah. the guy that they bring in because they're trying to further justify moving on from Hassan Haskins? I don't really know what that move was for. I'm curious to see where it goes and if he is even a factor in the preseason. Well, so Patrick, I you know, Florida State, huge, uh, okay. you know, ped- pedigree player, played at Florida State at a high level big big dude i mean he he's know how to Derek, say his name is it Jacques? Jacques patrick and it's okay, very it, it's very uh to me it's very deontay foreman ish okay move because this is a guy who's like 6'2 230 like he's a big dude and i i would say he's like an insurance policy for two things derrick henry and also i think son haskins court date is the day after the cutdown date august 30th cut down and you're not august 29th yep. and you're not gonna have like they're not going to, it's not going to be, the case isn't going to be settled on the 30th. Nope. <laughs> so, so um, I think you've, they're letting the legal process play out, but I think they're also looking for options. So yes, I think you're right. I think you're so, right. 
there, there, there you have it. All right. Uh, last but not least, go to Sinkers, of course, Kingston Group as well. Make sure you check out Stack in the Inbox. Uh, Trajan uh, Watkins there on some interesting stuff about um, uh, the Tennessee Titans, as usual, on, yeah, on Zach's, on Zach's uh, Substack there. So make sure you check that out. Easton, you are the host of the Hot Read podcast yeah. all over every single uh, – you got the YouTube page as well as across all podcast apps as well. You can find that everywhere you get your podcast. We normally end the show. With Easton asks college football questions. Do you have any college football questions for me today, Easton? Oh boy, um, you know th- this is unprompted, so you know I, th- I can always pull something out of my butt. I'm good at improv here. Um, wow. Well, the uh, here's here's a question that is a very very much not a a unique one, but it's one you're hearing talked about a lot, and I know um, I'm sure you're familiar with Chad Withrow here in town. He he's taken a lot of flack for in recent days putting together his version of what the um, NFL style divisions of conference realignment oh, okay. would eventually look like. I was going to say noted, va- noted Vanderbilt hater. Chad noted. Withrow. Yeah. Despiser of <laughs> Vanderbilt athletics, Chad Withrow. Yeah, um, we love you, Chad. He, he, he's gotten a lot of flack for that and he's made it clear online or tried to make it clear to people like I, he hates this. And I'd imagine you hate the whole conference realignment thing too, as somebody that, that oh, I love it. I don't like what it's doing to the really? sport, but I love the content. <laughs> uh, well, okay, sure, sure, sure. So as a, as a, as a college football purist and longtime fan, you despise it, but for your job, you enjoy it. Okay. And, and I think the SEC is the, is doing it the best of anybody. It's still contiguous. It's still regional. Well, it's still contiguous. Like every state is connected and that's right. not something that any other conference can say uh, uh, truly. So, so I guess my question is, do you anticipate, and this is how I feel, but I'm way less knowledgeable on this than you do you anticipate us reaching this, this two mega conferences or one mega conference eventually, Mm-hmm. And what what how quickly do you think that's going to come about and what might that look like? 2032, 2033, probably uh, all these television contracts, the Big Ten, the Big 12 and the SEC, all of the big time TV contracts for the three biggest conferences, all of them run out around 2032. They were all done mm-hmm. short term deals. So no reups short term in, t- in TV contracts is like five to seven years, whereas long term is like 13, 14, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all done in a short a shorter window because what is going to happen is there'll be a big giant breakaway and uh, it'll be a, it it could be 40 teams. It could be 60 teams. We don't Mm. know what that number is going to be, but there, there there are no governing rules that govern all, all of these teams any longer. Uh, There's no scheduling uniformity. There's no NIL uniformity. There's, there's nothing that, that keeps any of these conferences from doing things the same. And what, what TV partners want and this is what the this is to, to bring this to the NFL. The reason the and the NFL is a part of the problem too, because they're charging five billion dollars for television revenue, and there's only so many TV dollars out there. Sure, the the NBA is a part of this problem too, because they're going to charge insane numbers for their new TV deal. What what has happened? The reason you pay so much for NFL football is you get guaranteed ratings, and in the playoffs, you get almost guaranteed quality football game, guaranteed mm-hmm. reality TV show. In college, that's not guaranteed. See the national championship game last year. Yeah. And and a lot of semifinals. So what what's gonna happen is, is if we go to a 12 team playoff and a bunch of games are blowouts, TV people are gonna be like, that ain't good for business. We need to have the playoff games be ba- more balanced, more equal teams, which means you're gonna trim the fat and get rid of a lot of lower tier brands. And and then you put all the money into a top 40, and then you get an NFL-ish style playoff where every team is competitive and you don't have the Al- I know this is very complicated but you don't have the Alabama the Georgia TCU thing 
right where where there's a 60 point gap in the national championship game like that that is yeah. bad for business sure uh whether georgia fans want to admit it or not or sec fans want to admit it or not it is bad for business and so um uh, that that's a long circuitous answer but it's about tv money and it's about getting quality television product for those partners and what delivers that honestly no disrespect to vanderbilt is not meant to be a vanderbilt anti-vanderbilt stance but like not having Vanderbilt in your league drives up your costs. Not having Missouri or Indiana or Rutgers or You're taking that back once Clark Lee restores the Vanderbilt brand. I right? love Clark Lee. I love the model that they're going through. I love the slow build. I like the culture. I like everything they're doing. Sure. And I hope the SEC stays the way it is for a while. But my bet is no, we've, got, we've got one more era of normal college football. And then in 2032, 2033, we're going to have the new thing. And the new thing is going to be a 40 or 50 team breakaway. Does so. that new thing involve the NCAA or is it? No, 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 that's the, the, the nonsense of the NCAA. That's the breakaway. In fact, when you see those commercials that say, oh, we've got 5,000 athletes and they're all going pro in something other than sports uh, of the 300 and I think 66 sanctioned NCAA championships, football is not one. Football is not an NCAA championship. They don't make oh. the money. The NCAA does not it's purely make, a CFP thing. It, see, the college football playoff makes all the money, not the okay. NCAA. The number okay. one money maker for the NCAA is the basketball tournament. So oh. the okay. breakaway Good is enough. going to be a football only breakaway. In which case, I actually think all the other sports in colleges will go back to the conferences they were supposed to be in. Actually, uh, that, that okay. is gaining some speed. That is gaining some traction right now. I like that so. idea. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. There's no reason for so Rutgers softball players to be playing against UCLA. Like it's stupid. It's a lot of airline miles, kids. You don't have the money. Nobody's got the money for that, dog. <laughs> hey, not going nobody, on trees. Ain't nobody got the money for BYU and UCF to be playing uh, water polo games. You know, like is it a game? Is it a match? I don't even know what you call water polo. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out. Go to Sinkers. Go to the Kingston Group. Please use uh, remember the name of the Kingston Group and buy your booze from Sinkers. Cool stuff coming. Uh, as well check out the hot read podcast stackingtheinbox.com, all the other great shows across the 440 sports network hey we're live uh, later well. today if people haven't gotten their fill we're, we're talking with sam phelan live from minnesota if you want a, a, an in-person update on the uh the joint practices join us around 4 30 tonight we'll be talking with him boom there you go check it out uh of course on the 440 sports youtube page the broadway sports media youtube page and across the podcast apps as well for easton freeze I am Braden Gall. Thank you guys all for commenting. Thank you guys all for listening. Enjoy the weekend. We will talk to you next week.